Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Thank you for having me. Hello, Life Changes. You are such a beautiful group of women. Some of the people that I've met so far, you're warm and welcoming and friendly and those are the best kind of churches. So thank you for having me. Can you please pass me my phone? Because I would like to use it. It's here in the little front pocket. Yep, thank you. Yes, never dig in a lady's handbag. Rule number one, guys. So good. You've got sisters. Wise. Mark and Cans, you have amazing pastors, life changers. You have you have the best pastors. And I just want to say thank you for having me, for entrusting me with your platform, with your people. It is a privilege and an honor. And I want you to know something about Mark and Candace, that, you know, a long time ago, I wasn't where I am today. And they had us in their home. And we had been struggling in our marriage. And we were very young and had had a few children and were leading this church. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know who I was. And I wasn't in a very good, good place. And they welcomed us into their home, and they spoke life into me, and they spoke um, they spoke hope into my heart, and they reawakened something in me that I had forgotten was there. And that was like seven, six years ago now. And you're just those people. You're those people. You're the you're hope bringers. You you speak vision and life wherever you go, and I'm forever grateful for the life that you spoke into a young girl's heart because it's God did something very powerful. And I just want to, before I start, God really spoke to me as we were all gathering in that little beautiful courtyard place that you have now. How good is it? It is amazing, and it's from 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 3, verse 6, because my phone is not um, working. And it says that seeds were sown by someone. (laughs) Apollos watered them, but God made them grow. These people sowed seeds in me. They sowed seeds in me. Others have watered them, and God has made them grow. Do not... Do not despise the small beginnings. Don't doubt some of the things that you are doing. You're sowing seeds. I want to encourage you, keep sowing seeds. There's a lady here called Marion. I don't know where you are. If you could stand, actually, that would be amazing, because then I can talk to you. Pastor Marion, there you are, right at the back. She's from um, Every Nation Church, was his people in Stellenbosch, and you sowed seeds. I was saved in that church. You sowed seeds for me. Thank you. Seeds for my eternity. That's a, that's a big deal. Seeds for my eternity that have been watered and that God is growing. And so don't, don't, you know, don't doubt what you're doing in God, the seeds that you're sowing. You might not see them grow. Someone else will water them and God will make them grow. So thank you for having me, you beautiful lovers of people. I'm so grateful to be here. So who am I if you're like, who's this girl? And she's gone so deep so quickly. Wowzers. My name is Tess. And I have the beautiful privilege of being married to Dylan. And we have four kids. And I think I have pictures. I don't know. I thought maybe you'd like to see who we are. They are so amazing. So it's Mackenzie, Taya, and Anna, and baby Joel. 
because they are our prize and our dearest possessions. And I'm just very grateful for them. And then we're from a beautiful church called Link, and that's just so you can see where we come from. It really is one of the greatest loves of my life, Link Church, part of my redemption story, and I'm just so grateful to be a part of that. So that's who we are. And, you know, I, I really believe... The conferences are awesome because we get to go on a little journey together. So we, we're like getting introduced to each other now. And then by the end of the weekend, we're going to feel like we're family and friends. Amen. Okay. So it's like a little bit all keys in the beginning. I'm finding my feet. You're kind of like, who is this girl and why is she um, a bit weird? And then suddenly we just friends and we click and then we besties for life. Okay. So that's where we're going. There are many conversations happening on the planet right now about women. And if you want to watch the news, if you want to go on social media, if you would, you know, put your ear to the ground, there are many conversations happening around us in this nation and around the world about what women mean in society, the place of women in society, in essence, the role that we play. And some of these conversations, I believe, are helpful. They're helpful. They're progressive. They're moving us forward but others are not. And they're coming from a place of insecurity and past pain. But but I believe as the church, we need to have a voice in this conversation. We need to be a part of this conversation. And I'm passionate about this belief. And I, I have this firm belief that as the church, we need to shape what the next generation believe about womanhood. We need to have a voice into the next generation because we are the ones that are going to pave the way We're going to pave the way for what every woman would believe about our role and place within society. And will we give them a healthy picture or will we not? We have a role to play. And I believe, I believe that every single woman on this planet should know that there is a God in heaven who loves them and a company of women within the local church who believe in them that they are valuable, that they have a place, that they are known by God. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are the one. And then your second choice and say, you're the answer. Oh, you're a chatty bunch. I like it. Hey? Okay. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful group of women and men in this room. And I just pray, God, that you would speak to us corporately as the women of Cape Town and Tableview and Milnerton and beyond, the women of this nation, but you would also speak to us personally into the depth of our very hearts, that you would take this word and split it in as many different ways as you need to to meet every single woman and man sitting in this room. Thank you, Jesus, that your word never, ever returns void, but it will accomplish what you set forth in Jesus' name. Okay, I want you to turn with me to Genesis. We're going to read from chapter 2, verse 18. We're going back to the beginning because sometimes when we lose our way and we forget and we get confused when the conversations are raging around us about womanhood, perhaps, we need to go back to the beginning. So we're going back to the beginning. Chapter, chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper. Everyone say helper. 
suitable for him. And now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. Clever man. But for Adam, no suitable helper, everyone say helper, was found. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken from the man. And he brought her to the man. And the man said, you know this, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman. She's it. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. And they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. In Genesis chapter 2, we have a problem. The first recorded problem in history. Because whenever God makes anything, if you've read in the previous chapter, whenever he makes something, he looks at it and he says, it's good. This is good. But when he sees man alone, tending the garden, being creative, naming things, journeying with God, when he sees man alone, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Because man on his own is an incomplete story, and it's unfinished. And the God of the universe saw this as a problem. I mean, let's talk practically here this evening. How was man to go forth and multiply without the woman, exactly? There was a problem. God's intent from the very beginning was mankind, man and woman, ruling and reigning the kingdom of God here on the earth. And so what God does when he sees this problem, he puts the man to sleep. Amen? He does because then the man can't take the credit. And he creates a solution to the problem. He creates a woman. He creates a helper. And I want you to hear this loud and clear. I am for man and for men in every form. We are so much better together. And you will hear where I'm going with this. This is not a rah-rah, we're women, let's change the world on our own message. This is no. We were created, man and woman, to rule and reign together on this earth to accomplish the fullness of what God predestined from the beginning. Amen. So he creates a helper. Or some of the translations say a helpmate. And I want to take you to the original Hebrew of this word, helper, helpmate. It does not mean some substandant assistant, like a weak helper type person. It's not a helper as in the English sense. This is the Hebrew word, Isa kenegdo, and it means equal but opposite. An equal but opposite helper. For example, my right hand is the Isa kenegdo of my left hand. Both hands look alike, except they're exactly opposite. They're equal. I have a right hand, a left hand. They're pretty much the same, but they're opposite. They have different purposes. This is so that they can work better together. Imagine trying to write or dig or cook or do anything with two right hands. It couldn't be done. You need both hands, equal, yes, but with different roles. And this is true of man and woman. We're equal, opposites, who together will rule and reign to our full effectiveness, to the full strength that God intended from the very beginning. 
And at the very heart of who we are as women is this grand idea, girls, that we were created as a helper, the easy connecto of man, a solution. What a beautiful and creative God to give us such a crucial and pivotal and strategic role here on earth. We are the solution carriers in this world, equal partners in the kingdom of God designed to rule and reign with man. And so the title of my message, and you will have seen the theme of this conference, is Be That Girl, the easy connecto of man. Be that girl. You are not a problem. Do you hear me? You are not a problem. You are not an afterthought. You are not second, and you are not below. You are not God's backup plan. The woman is not God's backup plan like he made some mistake. You are a strategic and powerful inclusion into the story of humanity. We are a solution. And I don't know about you. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're like, oh, whatever, I'm so secure. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Maybe you, like me, have spent years believing that your life and maybe gender has made you inferior and disqualified you from the call of God to reach humanity with your unique gifts, talents, and dreams. I believe that my, for a long time, I believe that my femininity disqualified me from the call of God, that he was calling me to be front and center to all that he wanted to do on the planet. And if you've ever felt like this, I promise you, you are not alone. You are not alone. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for my marriage And I'm so grateful for motherhood because it has taught me so much, so much about who God is and how he sees women. And God is kind. He gave me a man that has relentlessly pursued freedom for me. Relentlessly. And then he gave me three girls in a row. (laughs) Because he knew that if I wouldn't pursue value and worth for myself, I would stop at nothing to pursue it for my daughters. And the amazing thing is, is that as as I've gone on this journey of figuring out what God sees for my daughters, I've figured out and seen what he believes of me as his daughter. I've come to know how much God truly loves his girls, that he loves us, that we are not a problem that we are a God-ordained strategic addition to the story of humanity that brings completion and wholeness to the picture. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you as the woman of this church, as the woman of the city, of these cities? It means everything. Because when women take hold of their identity, their worth, and their value, when women actually believe that they are a solution, when we become determined to be that kind of girl who believes that God has called her to something divine and incredible here on this earth, when we believe that we have been strategically placed on this earth to stand alongside man and rule and reign, miracles follow Miracles follow. It is our togetherness that produces the miraculous. I can tell you that for sure. So we're talking at this conference about being that girl. And I kind of thought to myself, like, who is this girl that we're talking about? Be that girl. Be that girl. Who is she? She sounds awesome. We should totally be her and life would be amazing. (laughs) How do we 
become that girl? How do we become the easy connector of man? How do we move past our insecurity? How do we move past our pain? How do we move past some of these conversations where women are trying to figure out who they are in life? I believe there are many ways, but I want to give you three quickly, three ideas, three decisions that we can make as women, three choices we can make to become that girl, to become that girl. My first point for you this evening for taking notes, I'm a very, very passionate note taker. So my first point for you, the first choice that you can make in becoming that girl is to choose each other. It's going to be super practical. Choose each other. I want to read with you from Philippians 2 in the message. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. In a nutshell, what he's saying is choose, prefer each other. And we choose ourselves. We choose each other over ourselves. We choose intimacy over isolation. We choose friendship over function. Intentionally, we choose it because that is what it means to be that girl, to choose, to, to choose each other because we're better together, okay? So I know that the girl things can sometimes be weird and we're like, no, we just like to be on our own, like, Girl, girl gatherings are, you know, high maintenance, and not at this church, but, you know, down the road, other places, <laughs> back at home, whatever. But I'm telling you, we need each other. We need each other. As women, we need each other. Mother Teresa says it like this, and let's be honest, she knew a whole lot. I can do things that you cannot do. You can do things that I cannot do, but together we can do great things. We choose each other, and I believe that that looks like choosing together, choosing to be together. We do life together. We intentionally choose that over being on our own because we know that when we gather, strength is deposited. Do you know that as you sit in the seat, as you've gathered here this evening, a supernatural deposit of strength is coming upon you to equip you and encourage you for your everyday life? Do you know that when you gather strength is deposited, hope is regained, courage is restored, miracles unfold when we gather. Who do you need in your life that you have pushed aside because of past relational hurt? That is a big deal for us girls. And I want to encourage us in this place, this conference, this weekend, to move past the past relational pain into the more that God has for us, which is each other. It is each other. I do not know where I would be today if it was not for a sisterhood of women 
who have come alongside me in every season of the soul, who have loved me, who have cared for me, who have encouraged me, who have called me to more, who have believed in me, who have seen the potential and called it out when I couldn't see it for myself. We need other women in our life. And I have slowly, and I am slowly becoming more of that girl that we're talking about because of other women that I have walking alongside me every single day. And so that is what I want to say to us here at this conference. Number one, we need each other. We need men. Say it. We need men. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot. We need them. I know that they're strange. Okay. You guys, sometimes we just don't get you. You're like all adventure and motorbikes and like mountains and grazers. And it's just, it's, it's so not who we are. And so we don't get you, but we need you. The world needs to, the woman of this world, the church, the voice that we can have into society needs to be saying, guys, we need you. We need your masculinity. We need your strength. We need your wisdom. We don't want to go alone. And then we need each other. We need other women in our lives. Because the voice of God, the voice of our Savior, the Holy Spirit can speak through other women. Amen? You need those voices in your life. Number two, choose empathy. Told you it was going to be super practical. Choose each other, choose empathy. How hard can be. I used to think, don't judge me, I used to think empathetic people were weak people. Okay, I know, silence, hush, it's awful. But I did. I thought empathetic people were weak people. And, you know, I don't, who, who, has anyone done Strengths Finder in this place? Okay, so a few people. You know what it is. It's like they calculate your strengths and help you figure out who you are, and then you could be a better person and use those strengths to change the world. Okay. Empathy's not high on my Strengths Finder. It's like number 30 or something out of 34. <laughs> And so, you know, it's never been a big deal for me. I've always been like, well, I'll leave empathy to like the pastoral people and, you know, the other girls. I'm, I'm not the empathetic person. But I now know that empathy is powerful. And when it's directed and channeled actively towards bringing a solution, it's possibly the greatest display of strength we will ever see. And Maya Angelou says it like this. I've learned that people will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did but they will never forget how you made them feel. Empathy is the ability to understand and share in the feelings of another. It's getting into someone else's shoes. And like I said, I used to think that that wasn't a big deal. Like I could leave it to the other people to go and be the feelers and the criers and the huggers, and I could just carry on doing my thing, you know? And then I went to a color conference. I don't know if you've been. It's amazing. And um, Bobby Houston was speaking, and she said something that completely wrecked me. She said, choose empathy. It's like, choose empathy? No, like, that's for some people. I'm not the empathetic person. But it had completely impacted my heart. And I went away from that conference, and I asked God to help me to choose empathy. To help me to choose empathy. I asked him to help me to see Help me to feel, to break my heart for what breaks his. And all I can say is be careful what you pray for. <laughs> because since that moment, I have gone on a journey and I have never felt more deeply, seen more clearly. 
I've been moved more times than I could have ever imagined. I have learned the power of an embrace and how that can show people the warmth of heaven, that smiles are gold, that they show people that the Father smiles on us through all things. I've learned the importance of being intentional and looking into people's eyes, the beauty of sharing in someone else's pain and listening to someone else's plight. But I've also learned that empathy is not idle. It's not just about the crying moment, you know, the getting into someone else's shoes. Choosing empathy involves getting our hands dirty to know the truth. Because then we can use it like a sword over people's lives to speak truth into their hearts, to speak life and kindness into their brokenness, into the dark, destitute places within society, to feel, yes, to weep at the injustice that we hear every day, but then to act upon it, to bear the burdens with someone else. That's what it means to choose empathy, to extend grace upon grace upon grace. But to choose that, not only to allow our feelings to lead us, but to choose it even when we're not feeling anything. And this is not, let me tell you, this is not the easy road. It's inconvenient. You know, being that girl, be that girl, it's not just a cool conference title. It's a call of God for us to become something that the world desperately needs. To rise up, to arise, to get up. And to be a woman that our, the daughters of the next generation can look at and go, yes, that is who God created women to be. I want that story. I'm going after that. Choose empathy. For me, that looks different on every day. It looks like a smile, an embrace, kind words. It can look like a spontaneous coffee with someone or sending someone an encouraging text, listening and believing the best. Empathy looks like moving past the labels that society has placed upon people and says, no, you were born for more than that. It can look like silencing gossip and bringing a life-giving word. Empathy can look like defying shame in someone else's life. It can look like paying attention to our tone of voice and choice of language in situations. Empathy refuses to leave someone drowning in the accusation and guilt that the enemy places upon them. What would it look like, girls and boys, for us to choose empathy on a daily basis, to allow God to wreck our hearts so that we would see people? that we would help people move forward into the destiny that God has for them. That is what it means to choose empathy. So choose each other, to choose empathy. And my final point is to embrace inconvenience. I hate traffic jams. I also do not like the queues at Woolworths at lunchtime. Anyone else? Or whatever shop. Waiting in doctor's rooms or home affairs. I don't know if you have a home affairs problem here. We are having a home affairs problem in KZN. And anyway, waiting is inconvenient. None of us like inconvenience. Ain't nobody got time for that. But solution carriers. Solution carriers know that in order for big things to happen, we need to let go of our own agenda and allow our lives to become interrupted and disrupted by this grand and crazy idea 
that we, you and I girls, are part of God's rescue and redemption plan for humanity. That is inconvenient, but we're it. Jesus came and he did this amazing thing and Gabe beautifully articulated that just now. Jesus came and he did this amazing thing. He sets us free. He sets us free. And then he says, hey, now you guys go and do greater things. Go and take that freedom and leverage it into humanity. Bring solutions to the problems that people are facing. In John 14, verse 12, it says, Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I'm doing, and he will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. It is going to take radically passionate, relentless women who will stop at nothing to see things change and restoration take place on this earth. And that is not convenient. Women who will say yes to God will say a loud yes to God, despite the inconvenience. And I love Catherine Kilman, was an amazing preacher in the 50s. And she was famous for healing crusades. And in an interview, she was asked what it cost her to be who she was. And she said, everything, darling, simply everything. Being a solution carrier, being that girl, it will cost us something. In fact, it may cost us everything. Everything. Don't be afraid of the cost. I believe someone needs to hear that here this evening. Do not be afraid of the cost. It is okay to live a life spent for the sake of Jesus and his call to build a beautiful church here on earth that would reach people and draw people unto him. Seriously, I want you to hear that. We can tend to play it so safe, so safe, because it's easy. We can, in this day and age, convenience is such a big deal. And we don't even want to try. We don't even want to take a step into what God has for us and what he's calling us into because, you know, we don't think we live up to that expectation, and, and, we, and we're living by this, this standard of perfection that none of us can live up to. And so we don't even start. But God is calling us to step past what we can do and step into what he is doing. Amen? We are going to miss out on a glorious adventure with God if we settle for our ability, what we can do. We need to partner with the powerful, almighty God to move into what he's, calling us to, what he's calling us to. And what he's calling us to, girls, is to go on a rescue mission, to see humanity saved, to see people know him. And I'm the first to say, you know, I don't always get this right. I like my plans. I do. I like diaries. I like plans. I'm also a fan of the easy road. I dreamt of a white picket fence with a husband, two kids, and a cocker spaniel. Okay. I got one husband who's awesome, four kids, and no dogs. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Crazy church story that I never, ever dreamt would be mine. And I feared it, and I fought it, and I tried to run away from it, and I hid from it, and I thought I wasn't good enough for it. And then I encountered the radical, supernatural love of Jesus Christ. 
And when you encounter that love, all fear shrinks. And when I encountered the love of Jesus, I was ready to step into anything. The inconvenience paled into significance. To insignificance. In terms of what he was actually bringing me into. A grand and glorious story here on the earth to see the lost saved. Amen? The vision for my life was way too small. And I was scared of it. I wanted the convenience story. Are we settling for too little because we want convenience? I don't believe anything great comes out of the easy road. Everything, everything that seems to be difficult is worthwhile. I promise you, the most difficult journeys we go on are often the ones that are so worthwhile. It is powerful when women say yes to God. It is incredibly powerful. And you and I are the ones who get to choose that yes, who get to choose to step into inconvenient things, to see God do amazing things on this planet. We are the ones who have been strategically and divinely placed alongside the man to rule and reign on this planet, to bring the fullness of God here to earth. That is our call. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? And have you disqualified yourself from that story? Do you think that you're too old? Can I say, if you're not dead, you're not done. If you're still breathing, you still have a call of God on your life to step into the things of God here on this earth. Maybe you think you're too young. Let me tell you, you are never too young to step into what God is calling you to on this planet. I don't care what race, what language, what ethnicity, what creed, where you come from, where you think you're going to. None of us, none of us are exempt from this beautiful and grand story here on the planet that God is calling us to. And my hope this evening is that you would leave here with a a small spark in your heart that begins to entertain the idea that you have been called as a solution carrier on this earth. That you are here, not by chance, not even because you bought the ticket, but because the God of the universe has wooed you to himself and he is calling you to something grand and glorious. And it is called a solution carrier. It is called the is a connecto of man. It is a beautiful and creative thing. You are woman. You are woman. And that is beautiful. That is nothing less than. That is not that is nothing to to look at with disdain. You are woman. Embrace who you are. Embrace the space you find yourself in because there is no one like you. You are an image bearer. You are an image bearer of God. You are a bringer of peace and hope to this nation. And who knows, our nation needs some peace and some hope. You are a signpost of truth. You're a signpost of truth to the people that you do life with day in and day out. A display of His glory. A display of the glory of God here on earth. A solution carrier. You girls, mighty women in this room here this evening are the one. You are the one, you are the one, you are the one that God is calling in this moment to arise, to step into 
all that he is calling you to, to be that girl, the girl that he created you to be from the very beginning. You have what it takes. You have what it takes, girls, to make a difference in this world. And together, honestly, I honestly believe we could change it. We could change things just by being together, being who we were created to be together. I'd love you to stand. I'd love you to stand as we just take a moment to respond to what God is saying. There's that very strange song that goes, I'm woman, hear me roar. And the rest of it's not important. I just like that first line. Yeah, I am woman, hear me roar. And I just, I believe there is a roar of woman that is going to come out over this nation. A roar. And it's not going to be timid. It's not going to be abrasive and forceful. It's not going to be insecure. It is going to be fueled by the almighty God. And as we roar over this nation, I believe we are going to see many, many lives changed. We're going to see injustice healed. We're going to see injustice healed in this place. Many, many injustices in this nation are going to be healed and made right. Because of the roar of women who stood up and said, we believe God is calling us to be something incredible in this moment of time. To arise and to roar. To roar over our marriages, to roar over our children, to roar over our schools, to roar over our businesses, to roar over our cities, and to roar over our churches. Because the church needs women. This city needs women. Our schools need women. Women who know who they are and know whose they are. You belong to the Father God. You belong to Him. Would you know that this evening? Would you know that? Would you know who you are, a daughter of God? Princess of the Most High King. And would that truth resonate within your heart and allow you to stand taller here this evening and begin to roar over your life and over the lives of the people that you would do life with. Amen? Why don't we pray? grand and glorious idea that you have created us as women to be part of a beautiful story, to be part of a story that redeems mankind. Thank you that we get to be front and center to all you are doing here on the earth. And right now, in this moment, we stand up and we say, yes, we say yes to being a part of all that you're calling us to all that you have for us. And we choose each other. Right now in this moment, I want you to physically see yourself choosing each other. 
making a decision within your heart to choose each other. We choose each other. We choose empathy. We choose to feel God. We choose to see. We choose to know. Would you break our hearts for what breaks yours? And I I just pray, God, that you would completely overcome us with your love here this evening. Any fear, any insecurity we feel around walking into all that you're calling us to, into the grand and glorious purposes that you have for our lives. I pray in Jesus' name that your perfect love would cast out all fear and we would step confidently and boldly into this call of God on our lives here this evening. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Would you do something miraculous in this place? Would faith rise up? Would courage be deposited? Would strength be deposited?